Hey there, welcome back to the Vegetarian Zen Podcast, a peaceful place for vegetarians, vegans, and the veg curious to share tips for living a more compassionate plant-based lifestyle. I am one of your hosts, Vicki. And this is Larissa. In this episode of the Vegetarian Zen Podcast, we're going to be talking about upcycling. Now, you might not be familiar with that because I know I wasn't until just a few, at least not that term, until a few years ago when we were already doing this podcast. But back in episode 351, we talked about recycling and the three R's and the benefits of recycling. But this is upcycling. And it's actually, we're going to talk about a little bit, we're going to talk about how it's good for the planet. And it's just as good and maybe even better. For and the it's planet. more fun. It is. And this is going to be a little bit of a... Uh, also, an interview with Larissa about one of our businesses that em- em- employs, uh, is that the right word? Employs upcycling? Yeah. Uses? Yeah. Does, yeah. yeah. Incorporates. Uh, incorporates. There you go. That's what I'm looking for. Uh, upcycling. And that is Cheery Bird Vintage, which which uh, oftentimes does sponsor our show. Mm-hmm. All right. But before we get into that, we have some exciting news because... We have a new rating. Yay. Yay. And if you haven't left us a rating yet, please head out to vegetarianzen.com forward slash review. And you can leave us a rating there on wherever you uh, leave your reviews <laughs> for a podcast reviews. There's <laughs> so several options. iTunes, Stitcher. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but we have one. Yay. From Mommy May 2011. Mommy May. All right. So Mommy May 2011 says, found you at the right time. I'm so glad to have stumbled across this show about a month ago. I've recently gone vegetarian, lacto-ovo, and I was on the hunt for more insight and support as I continued my transition to becoming vegetarian. You both do such a great job with the show and the content. There's so much to check out. Please just keep it coming. Thank you. Woo-woo! Thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, and I should add, we actually got several reviews come in at the same time, so thank you for those. Uh, we just usually just read one mm-hmm. at the... Um, we're shy. We're... we're so keep listening. <laughs> so keep listening. Shy. That I would not use that word to no, describe either one of us. No. All right. Let, before we get into our episode, let's hear from today's sponsor. Buddha Bowls, the vegetarian Zen way. Trying to create healthy meals for your family can be an exercise in frustration. We know firsthand. Meal planning takes time and it can be challenging to find well-balanced meals that are quick, easy, and can be adapted to satisfy various nutritional needs. For example, gluten-free, vegan, vegetarian, omnivore, all of that. Even more frustrating is having to throw away spoiled produce that you had every intention of cooking but never found the time, or should I say the, quote, right recipe to use it in. Money down the drain. Despite producing our own vegetarian podcast for since 2013, Larissa and I found ourselves here until we discovered Buddha Bowls. What the heck is a Buddha Bowl? Buddha Bowls, sometimes called Power Bowls, Nourish Bowls, Hippie Bowls, Sunshine Bowls, Macro Bowls, are essentially bowls filled with vibrant, healthy food. You've seen these on Instagram. While they are typically plant-based and dairy-free, I have seen some variations that include fish or meat, which can work well for households that have both plant-based eaters and omnivores. So this is a big reason why we love Buddha Bowls. They're quick and easy to make. They make meal planning and meal prep easy and fun, and they are great for blended households. 
In this book, you will learn what Buddha bowls are and why they are the perfect meal, how to create your own awesome combinations based on your needs and specific tastes, and some of our own favorite ingredient combinations or recipes, plus ideas for sauces and dressings. For more information and to purchase the book, head out to vegetarianzen.com forward slash Buddha bowl book, and you will see an option to purchase the book at the reasonable price of $4.99. Again, that's vegetarianzen.com forward slash bootable book. And all proceeds go right back into supporting the show. Okay, are you ready to talk about upcycling? I am. I'm excited. Okay, so first let's talk about what's the difference between upcycling and recycling. All right. So, you know, most people, most people, most people, (laughs) most people uh, know that recycling is, you know, taking stuff that would otherwise go in the trash and putting it in the recycle bin and then it goes to a recycle facility and then they they break it down and do stuff with it and make other stuff. Right. Yep. So that's recycling. And then uh, upcycling, though, is it's also called creative reuse. And so that kind of gives you a clue as to what it is, right? So upcycling is the practice of repurposing items or materials. So either whole items or parts of items to create new ones with greater perceived value. And what does that mean? What is greater perceived value? Well, basically, it's to me, it's it's just making something. So if you have a piece of junk mail, and, and we'll talk about this later, if you have a piece of junk mail and you use it um, as a part of a uh, an art project, for example, you know, like a mixed media project, and then that whole project with whatever else is in it has a greater value than that piece of, you know, uh, throwaway junk mail, right? So, um, for example, so I'll give you a couple more examples. So, Using a and I'm sure most people have seen these. Uh, taking an old wine bottle, an empty wine bottle, and making a lamp. You know whether you put Christmas lights inside it or uh, drill a hole and put an actual like um, lamp. Um, uh, I have a couple assembly. here in my room right now. Yeah, the absolute uh, vodka bottle with Christmas lights, in it. <laughs> <laughs> and they're really cool. I mean, it's yeah, really it's really cool. beautiful. Uh, and uh, okay, so or using a seat belt from a car, one of the old ones, the lap belts, um, to make a belt, which are really cool. Uh, using a ladder as a bookshelf, and you can do that. You can either hang it on the wall sideways, or you can lean it, you know, and use it as a bookshelf. Vintage suitcases. This is one of my favorites. Using vintage suitcases uh, to stack them to make a nightstand, and I've even seen them. I've seen them just like stacked. Um, just like that. But then, of course, there's no real storage. But I've also seen them modified so that um, the fronts are cut and then there's a like a drawer inserted. So it's really You have cool. a card catalog that has been I modified do. to use as a nightstand, too. Yeah. It hasn't actually been modified. It's just uh, sitting on the side of the bed and I have stuff on it. But, I mean, it's just a different use. Um, well, it didn't – it probably didn't look exactly – I mean, it was – yeah, well, it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then one of my other favorites, and this is so easy, is uh, I save the um, plastic, the the mesh bags from produce, like that you get onions and potatoes and stuff in. I save those and then I make them into dish scrubbies, and you just kind of like tie them all together and then tie them in, and, and it makes a nice dish scrubby. So those are just a few simple examples. So I think the big thing when I was learning about upcycling and what it was the biggest thing for me is that recycling is the process of breaking something down into its raw materials to create something new so for example when we throw those 
that plastic recyclable trap plastic in the bin that it's going to be made into something different Mm -hmm. right it's being broken down Mm -hmm. to be made into something different whereas upcycling you're kind of repurposing right yeah so recycling actually is a form of manufacturing if you Mm -hmm. think about it because you know you break you take that that plastic and it's it's broken down melted down whatever they do to it and then it goes through the manufacturing process to become another plastic bottle which is a great segue into our next section, which is which is better for the planet, recycling or upcycling. Now, both of these are really good for the planet. Mm-hmm. However, as you just mentioned, recycling does require manufacturing resources right. in order to break down the products. So upcycling is, is that, doesn't require that much of any of that at all. No. And, you know, you... There's there's altering usually involved in upcycling. So if you upcycle something, you you may may or may not, but depending on what the but if you're using it for art or using it for something like that, yeah, you're probably going to alter it somewhat. But that's different than throwing it in a uh, recycle bin and then it goes out and then it comes pops up somewhere else as something else. You know, you're actually keeping that. Um, whole or parts of it and incorporating them into something else. And, and uh, yeah, both of them keep stuff out of landfills. Um, I, but I would argue that upcycling keeps more things out of landfills longer. Yeah. And that, that you're my segue today, I guess. Well, thank you. <laughs> this, this, is, this gets into Cherry Bird Vintage and how we started our vintage store. Mm-hmm. We started this Actually, we were under the name Old San Antonio Trading Post for a while. We just changed it when last year to Cherry Bird Vintage? No, it was this spring. Was it this spring? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, so because we felt it incorporated more of what we we did. And so uh, we started just going to estate sales a few years ago and finding cool stuff. And then we thought, well, let's try to sell some stuff on eBay. And we started selling some stuff on eBay. We became power sellers on eBay, selling a lot of really good cool vintage stuff mm-hmm. i can't tell you how fun it is going to estate sales you know, i'm I finding it. i know i miss, I miss it so it. much and you know pandemic. i still i i look through the estate sales.net um app uh you know it used to be like a weekly thing for me to find to f- see where we're gonna go i i still go in there sometimes um even though we can't physically go just in case there's something that i can you know contact a um estate sale company that i could maybe buy in bulk and, and you know pick up but I gotta say, it makes me very sad. <laughs> well, you know, and I gotta tell you, I wasn't one to really dig the estate sales right away. I guess I kind of got sad at the beginning because a lot of times it was somebody had passed on and, you know, they were the family was trying to sell some of their stuff. But then I started thinking about the value that comes out of that. First of all, from the family monetarily, they mm-hmm. might need some of those the income to mm-hmm. help pay for, you know, final, final expenses of their loved one. But the other thing is you're having this a lot of this stuff is so cool that I know that if I have some stuff that is really cool, which I do have some things, it'd be nice to know somebody else is enjoying it after I'm Mm -hmm. gone. You Mm -hmm. know, some of this stuff is stuff you just cannot find anymore. It's very difficult to find. And not to mention the quality. So if you're talking about manufactured items, I mean, things that were manufactured back in the forties, fifties, sixties, even seventies, the quality was so much better. I mean, it, you know, furniture was was by and large real wood and not particle board, and you know, um, uh, appliances were better made. Um, just all, just better quality overall. Yeah, yeah, you know, and for so sure. things last longer. Right. You know, um, and 
Yeah. So I just, and I just love it. I've always loved old stuff. In fact, you know, I have, uh, when my, my uncle died a few years ago, he had been living with my and taking care of my grandparents for a number of years. My grandparents passed away in the uh, late nineties, early two thousands. And, um, so he just was living in their house after they passed away. And when he died, we went up there. And so I, I'm kind of the only one who's really interested in all the stuff. So we have a lot of, of my, my grandma's dishes and, and cookware and everything that we use today. Yeah. And know? we've been replacing those. So we'll give the ones that we had the kind of, you know, starter dishes we bought yeah. when we moved in here, yeah. uh, to Goodwill or mm-hmm. wherever. And then we've been replacing those with the Using, retro plates, yeah. which I love because yeah. those are things we grew up on and it makes me feel kind of makes my home feel a little warm. Yeah. You know? Yeah, definitely. Well, let's talk more about now. So we started selling on eBay and that was really going really well. So let's talk about how this kind of merged into Cheery Bird Vintage and some of the things you're doing why now. why rebranded. Because Larissa is very much the artist and she had, as a matter of fact, we had Cheery Bird Studio for a while. Mm-hmm. Where you were making, you liked mixed media art, mm-hmm. which is where, can you explain a little bit about that? Yeah, mixed media is basically uh, working, taking different types of um, media or materials. So um, paper, um, fabric, you know, different uh, paints, uh, pencils, you know, different media and combining them and making uh, artwork. And um, whether it's like, f- artwork for the wall or artwork to you like functional art you know to use like journals um so th- any of those can be mixed media uh but you know i love paper and we'll we'll talk some more about this um but i, I love paper and just any paper that I can get my hands on, it's just it's just awesome. It's such an awesome feeling, old paper especially. You know how you roll your eyes when you get junk mail out there? Larissa does not. She I gets go, Ooh, excited. Junk mail. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the well, colors. This is great because this is a great example of where upcycling and reusing some of this stuff is where it's not filling up a, a landfill. We would have recycled that, but still, it's a, in a different way. You know, we're reusing it in a different way. Right. So a number of years ago, I um I started uh, making paper beads, and you know, paper beads. I I cannot tell you how many times I've been at a um, like an art show uh, or a craft show with my um, jewelry, and somebody comes up and and. Uh, say oh paper beads I did those in in Sunday school you know when I was I heard that so many times I'm like yeah okay <laughs> that's great and um, but to me it's yeah okay it's a, it's a maybe a kid's craft I don't know but uh, uh, it's fun it uses all sorts of paper I've made beads with um, old maps sheet music dictionary pages book pages and then stuff like um, junk mail you know um, because of the colors. And it's just, I've probably have, what would you say, maybe 5,000 beats <laughs> Something <laughs> that I've that. made at She even least. got me into it. And it's actually very, thera- it's very like uh, therapeutic. It's it very is. It is. It's hypnotizing. Just, it's something yeah, to do. It's cutting, like, cutting I, I guess I don't crochet or do any of that, but I could imagine that's the kind crochet of the same. Crochet is very meditative. Yeah, it's very meditative, I yeah. would imagine. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, um, so you got into, so you've been always doing this since I, since we've been together, you've always had something going on with like that, like that, but this is where it's kind of cool that Cherry Bird merged and kind of, Mm -hmm. we were, we were able to kind of not just, not just go for just the actual, uh, 
vintage pr- products, housewares right? Yeah, housewares and, and things, things like that. Like that yeah. But the, earlier this year, we moved into we moved we opened a Shopify store also, mm-hmm. and started looking at uh, we cre- launched a subscription box. Mm-hmm. So you want to talk about the subscription box that Cherry Bird launched? Yeah, and so how we, it uses upcycling. Right. Yeah. So we had to pivot uh, because of COVID. You know, obviously, as we mentioned, we're not going to estate sales right now. Uh, can't do it. Um, it kills me, but we can't do it. And I, I'd rather not go and stay alive than go and mm-hmm. be killed right, <laughs> from exactly. COVID. But, uh, but as much it kills as it you hurts, mentally, just not yes, physically. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'll take that. Yeah. So we, we had to pivot a little bit. And, you know, we do still have a very active, um, we have an eBay store that we have a lot of, we've got, I think right now we have 630 active items. Uh, lots, uh, and I'll touch on that real fast, then I'll move into to the subscription box. But, in our eBay, we've got like lots of vintage housewares, kitchen stuff, dishes, lots of, uh, we've got vintage linens, we've got toys, uh, plush, you know, vintage uh, games, all sorts of stuff like that. Um, but then we also have a lot of used books. And this is my other thing. Some of them, they're not some of them are collectible, some of them are old, some of them are just used books, you know. Um, and we put them in lots for like fiction, so different genres, different authors. Um, because I know, like, if you have a favorite author or favorite genre, you want to have like all of those, <laughs> right? Yeah. So we, we lot those up, well, especially if you're getting there. a deal for all of them, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and the prices are, are really, you know, reasonable for when you get buy a lot of 27 bucks, you know. Um, so we have a lot of that out there. Uh, but now l- let me talk about how we had to pivot to and why we chose a subscription box. Um, when we realized we weren't going to be sourcing for a while at estate sales in person, we started thinking about this. And actually, um, it was Danielle who suggested the subscription box. So thank you, Danielle. Um, so we, we kind of messed around with different things that we could put in it because I knew I wanted it to be some sort of vintage um, items or something. And at the time I wasn't able to source more kitchen stuff like smalls or or sewing stuff. So what I came up with, what we came up with was, uh, ephemera and trim. And now ephemera, if you don't know, is, um, anything that was made with the intention of not being preserved, so paper ephemera is like um, movie tickets or, or the playbills or, you know, receipts, anything like that. Um, sewing ephemera, maybe like, like trim, things like that that are not intended to last forever if they're not used, I, I guess. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, so that's what we settled on. So our box is, um, because we have a lot of it, because we have a lot of it (laughs) (laughs) and it's also easy to source from other places. I Uh mean, estate sales are my favorite place to source it because I can buy a lot. You well, know, and this is little. going, yeah, and this is going back to this is stuff that would be in landfills exactly. or recycling bins. Exactly, because what happens at estate sales is a lot of times what doesn't sell is either donated to like a thrift store or a church, um, but then that's things that are worth something. But everything else, like m- magazines, newspapers, all that gets chucked. Or recycled. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I would go in and say, hey, I'll just take this huge box of letters or newspapers or whatever, you know, and I get it for cheap because they Mm -hmm. make something instead Mm -hmm. of throwing it away. Um, So we went, we decided 
to do a vintage ephemera box. This is kind of targeted, and this is a, another um, art project I've gotten into recently, which kind of just fit perfectly, is um, targeted toward junk journalers. And if you don't know what a junk journal is, a junk journal is exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> it's a journal that's that's made out of, of junk, out of stuff that would usually be tossed. And, but there uh, is some rhyme and reason to these. I mean, when I, what's really cool about these when I started learning about them, they're kind of like, uh, I mean, every junk journal is unique. Art. Yeah, exactly. They're works of functional, I guess, mm -hmm. works of art. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I, I always say that the, the best part of, of, of a junk journal is making it, you know, not necessarily writing in it. Because a lot of times junk journals are, you know, there are spaces to write, but a lot of them, especially if you make it yourself and you, you include all these things, you're kind of scrapbooking at the same time you're making. That's a good journal. way to look at it. It's like you know? a journal and a scrapbook kind of. Yeah. Put so together. you can, you yeah. can leave as little or as much space as you want for actual writing, but there are also a lot of things inside that you can write on. So um, tags that look kind of look like bookmarks and you can write on those and you can move them around and you can, um, you know, there are lots of pockets and little tuck spots and things for, for sticking little, you know, mementos and pictures in and everything. And they're just incredible. So um, if you, if you're not familiar with them and you want to try one um we have a post on our um website on cherrybirdvintage.com and we'll link to that yeah, yeah uh for getting started with junk journaling um but getting back to the box i keep i keep getting myself off track a little <laughs> but that's because i'm so excited i know about you it. love that stuff that's why you're yeah, this is this is why you're in charge of that part of it <laughs> she loves it but and our, i should add though there are whole communities around junk there's communities around a lot oh, of stuff yeah. but huge yeah. communities it's around huge, junk journaling yeah. okay so our uh subscription box is specifically called junk journalers delight box and uh but, you know, here's what I've found. So we pivoted from that even slightly. So because you were going back, you talked about vintage ephemera. Right. Box, we were, and we, then we, we were, went. well, I, eventually, um, originally I was thinking of doing like a sewing box, you know, vintage sewing items. But that I realized that the value of what we have is in the ephemera and, you know, some trims for, for, people who do junk journals well i think it's super it was super niche like to you know like it's you could still niche. have sewing stuff in a oh yeah in a junk journaler's box some and we'll, some uh, things we'll, work. Yeah, yeah we'll talk about that mm -hmm. but uh but here's what i realized as we so we started this in may um and we are currently we're we're selling in two places so we do have our website that's cheerybirdvintage.com but we also have um um a listing on the crate joy marketplace that's cratejoy.com and if the crate joy thing is good if you're already on crate joy because i know a lot of people have multiple subscriptions and crate joy is just that's all it is is subscription boxes just thousands and thousands of subscription boxes from every thing you can possibly imagine and anything you're interested in is probably on there on there yeah <laughs> um dog dog uh toys beer cheese kids stuff all kinds of stuff so anyway if you're already on crate joy then that's a great place to kind of manage all your subscriptions in one place so that's why we're on two places what we have in our box is a combination of 
paper, vintage paper and vintage trims for junk journalers. And what I what I had started to say is what I realized after we started this is that I was getting people not just junk journalists. So one of our current subscribers through Create Joy is an art therapist. And she sent me a message and she said, I, you know, I found your box and I'm an art therapist and I wanted to have a good selection of um, materials for my clients. And I thought, okay, I hadn't even thought about that, but that's a good point. Um, we also have uh, kind of um, homeschoolers who may use, and the thing about homeschoolers, I think everybody's pretty much homeschooling again now anyways. (laughs) Well, the thing that I like about this for homeschoolers is that it's twofold. It's great materials for art projects. If you're having like an art module or creative, you know, module. Um, But it's also good for history (laughs) because if you're doing some sort of a, a history module. I mean, what we include in our box, I include old postcards, um, articles, newspaper articles, recipes cut from newspapers and handwritten magazine ads, little magazine snippets, all kinds of stuff like that, which would be really good if you're doing like a um, module about the past or, you know, I got to tell you, one of the hardest things for me is when we start looking at some of the stuff is not to get lost in it. I know. Remember, we found some um, 1980s San Antonio. It was like a a now. Yeah, it was like the the magazine. Yeah, of a newspaper that's no longer around. And it was really cool because, you know, I grew up in San Antonio and seeing all the stuff that we were when looking I was at all kid. the movie the, yeah, the, movie all the movies ads that were when, out i don't even know if newspapers do this anymore but like um because we don't have a newspaper anymore mm-hmm. but um they used to have the the movie ads where they had all the movie times the pages all the with all the theaters and the movie times and they have like all the ads yeah so we were looking at those and and uh, yeah it's really it's, easy to get lost in that well but i think to your point though is that these are legit legit vintage stuff because there's some boxes out there they're still good boxes but there's some that they say they're vintage um what do they like like vintage vintage. inspired vintage vintage inspired so it's new it's new scrapbook paper that looks like old paper yeah so i mean if that's and if that's what you like that's cool but um you know some of this stuff is really the stuff we're talking about is actual vintage, so meaning from right you know, old book pages, a long old time dictionaries. Ago. Yeah, and I mean it's and it's aged. It looks it's old. It's it's you know has that great vintage paper smell, which is just incredible. I love it. The old photos are really cool too, because mm-hmm. you yeah. can again. That's it's one of those things thing. where I was yeah. saying like with when when I go, I hope somebody has fun looking at my yeah. pictures that I've collected and stuff. Yeah. You know, I. I think that's really cool to look at that old, old yeah. Uh, stuff. Yeah, like well, and you know, old stamps and and just all that stuff. So, uh, but that's what goes in our boxes. And um, and you have a video, right? I have a video on our website and on our Crate Joy. Um, Is it on YouTube? Yes, it's on YouTube. Cool. Um, it's I'll also on it. IGTV. Um, on our Instagram and, uh, but yeah, so it kind of goes through what's in the box. If you're kind of curious, um, the thing that I like about this too, is that you can, at least on Crate Joy, you can give a gift subscription. So maybe you're not interested in, in 
crafts or junk journaling or paper arts or, or, you know, anything like that. But maybe you know someone or maybe you know an art therapist or maybe you're, you know, or for the friend that's homeschooling their kids it's really cool to open it that's the thing i like about subscription boxes in general Uh, well not the ones that you have specific things that you know are coming in there but i mean like the surprise kind of gifts were because the thing with with something like the you know cherry bird vintage it's every box is different yeah every box is 100 percent unique there's no theme i mean there's you know some boxes um most boxes will have like Every month has a different theme, and then everybody who gets that subscription gets the same items, mm-hmm. you know, the same new items in each box each month. Um, ours is not like that because yeah. all of our stuff is vintage. So every box, if I send out, you know, 50 boxes in, uh, for the month of December, then all 50 of them are going to be totally unique. Right. right. Um, they'll have the same types of items in them, um, but no two no two ads are the same no two recipes are the same you know no two photos are the same i mean everything is unique yeah and you know this is another this is a great there's other businesses too that use upcycling and i think this is a great example though of and you know i've told you this before too I think this pandemic has forced a lot of businesses to rethink how they can mm-hmm. do things and yeah. and what they you know, like you said, you pivoted mm-hmm. because we, and we this made to. us think differently yeah. about this. And then you found, wow, there's people out there who want this stuff that mm-hmm. we would potentially just be throwing away or be sitting in our, mm-hmm. in our own storeroom over here, you know, of, yeah. uh, of extra stuff. So, and I can only really look cool. at it so many times. I mean, <laughs> don't get me wrong. Sometimes I'll pull out stuff, you know, from our, our stockpiles and just look at it, you know, yeah. and read the old articles and look at the ads, but I can only do that so many times. Right. <laughs> and I'd rather have someone else be able to do it too. Right. Right. Well, this has been, this is really cool because I think this is just such a, it, it's really cool to see how this business has evolved and then the ways that you actually include your own art mm-hmm. into these boxes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, every bo- every box includes a um, a piece of fin- a finished product that you can use in a junk journal. So whether it's a tag or whether it's a, a, a handmade pocket, and these are things that I make. They're not right. You know, they're not outsourced. They're it's stuff that I make. That's what I do on my weekends. <laughs> yeah, is uh, every weekend I have a different project, and I you know make last weekend. Well, between. Between election night and Sunday night, I think I made like 150 tags. <laughs> you I were stress craft journaling. <laughs> stress crafting. <laughs> I think I made like 150 tags. So, yeah. I just see you buried under all this oh paper. My God. Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully, this episode has taught you something about upcycling and how you can look for ways to upcycle materials in your house in order to keep them out of landfills. And again, uh, Using things uh, for art is a great is a great way to to do that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. oh, and one more thing, not to mention. Uh, uh-huh. Speaking of art, um, one of the things that I seem to seem to find me at estate sales is um, craft kits, old kits mm, that are yeah. you know, and a lot of times people would buy these, never use them. So they're they're new. I mean, they're new. They're <laughs> old, but they're new. I have a couple of those myself. <laughs> yeah. So like needlepoint kits, cruel embroidery kits, um, just general like like 
craft projects. Um, like I have some that are, are to make trivets for your, you know, hot for your hot dishes and, and just all sorts of things. So I have a lot of those that are listed in eBay. Um, they're ready to, to ready to craft. So I ready mean, for you to good, make <laughs> good projects to do with your kids, you know, for um, I was going to stay over the, the, um, Christmas holiday or the winter break, but you know, it's always winter break yeah. now, isn't it? <laughs> yep, exactly. So, uh, so anyway, yeah, if you're uh, interested in that, check it out. All right, we'll have links to everything in the show notes. I think that does it for our episode this week. Until next time, peace out. Bye. Thanks for joining us today on Vegetarian Zen. We've created a free resource for you to show you five ways to sneak more fruits and veggies into your diet. You can download it right now by visiting vegetarianzen.com. Until next time, wishing you a happy body and a healthy mind. 